listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello and welcome to the show Six Figure Dog Business on PetLifeRadio.com. I'm your host, Ty Brown from TyTheDogGuy.com. Now, this is the show where we help you start or grow your dog training business to a healthy six-figure per year or more income. Now, today's show is going to be actually awesome because with us we have the guest that has the most tongue-twistiest name that we've ever heard on the show. So stay with us and we're going to be right back with Ted Ephthemiatis. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Do you know that moment when your dirty dog's about to jump in your nice, clean car? You can avoid all the cleanup and mess with a 4K9 seat cover. 4K9s makes heavy-duty seat covers and cargo liners that will blend seamlessly with the interior of your vehicle. You can find us at 4K9s.com. That's the number 4 K-N-I-N-E-S.com or on Amazon.com. 4K9s makes nothing but the best for your best friend. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back. And so, first off, Ted, I just want to say a big thanks for being on the show this morning. Thanks for having me, Ty. Now, are we going to have to uh, check with the censors and whatnot to censor your last name? It is a little bit cursy, right? <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> did I say it right, at least? Though? You actually I, I, did very well, yes. Okay, I know I'm giving you a hard time. I'm sure you've had no, that you did the great. Last, last 30 years or so. But, uh, but yeah, so... <laughs> Ted F. Miata. So before we get started, can you give the uh, the listeners, you know, some might have heard of you, some may never have. So give the listeners, who's Ted? Well, Ted is a dog trainer slash business owner based in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. So I mainly work with reactive and aggressive dogs. And I'm also very passionate about working with dog trainers and getting their businesses to a better place and also helping them, of course, with their skills with uh, working with reactive and aggressive dogs. So I, uh, I work with clients and I also work with dog trainers and that's Ted. Cool. And that's really one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on because one thing that I've noticed, you know, being friends with you for a few years now, is that you've been able to kind of create, you call it a tribe, but deeper than that, you know, there's a buzz, there's a, a movement, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But uh, but yeah, well, I guess we're going to call it a tribe for today's purposes. So you've been able to create a group of folks that are very interested in what you're doing and really desirous to learn more from you. And so for those listening, whether they're they're dog trainers or pet sitters or dog walkers, I wanted to strip that information out of your head on how you've been able to do that because not everyone you know wants to teach other colleagues, which is fine. But the principles that you have are great if you want to teach colleagues. They're great if you want to get more grooming clients. They're great if you want to get more. Am I right? I mean, these can be applied all over the board, right? Absolutely. You know, everything that we're about to talk about absolutely will transition from 
basically any business that you're involved in, whether it's in the dog training business, grooming, daycare, boarding, or in a completely different industry, it's going to cross over very well. So define it for us. I mean, I, like I said, I know you talk about a tribe. What is a tribe? That's a little bit difficult to define because there's two ways that I typically like to look at it. A tribe is essentially a collection of people in its most simplest form. And there's two types of tribes, uh, like I said. I believe that there's new tribes that are created and then there's tribes that are created within an already existing organization. So really it could be as simple as somebody that has a really unique motorcycle or car collection and wants to communicate with others and, you know, swap parts and different things like that. Or it could be, you know, a large business like Apple or something like that that's already has a really big user base, but really wants to do something different within their specific industry. So it's a really broad term and it can be used in a lot of different industries, like I said before, and it can be used for a lot of different things, but it's just a collection of people ultimately headed in the same direction. So let's dig down because you gave two, she said within an organization. And what was the other thing that you said? I look at it as just uh, creating a new tribe, you know, with something that's never really been there. And then, as you said before, a tribe that's built within an already existing organization. And so to drill down a little bit deeper there, when you say within an already existing organization, are you talking about a company? Are you talking about an industry? What are you talking about? Right. It it could be a combination or it could be one or the other. So it could be you're creating, let's say if we go back to the the car, the automotive industry, and you're talking about, you know, there's people who love their Fords or any type of manufacturing company. And within those, then there's going to be different types of collectors as far as different types of things that they've done there. And they, they might even brand their own type of parts aftermarket parts within that specific company, or it might be a well-known story as there was a franchise owner many years ago within the McDonald's organization that uh, basically decided he wanted to do something differently. He came up with a Big Mac. It created a big stir because, Mm -hmm. you know, the company is well known for doing things the way that they do things. They have a very well-oiled machine. Of course, it went global and it was a big deal. So that's uh, just a quick look into a tribe within an already existing organization. Okay. And so so going back to automotive, I mean, you've got these men and women that are interested in this type of automotive part or this type of, you know, event or whatever. And so their tribe might consist of people who talk on message boards, who get together at groups, who, you know, things like that. And then you mentioned someone that might be creating a new tribe. Dig a little deeper there for me. Yeah. So a new tribe is, I personally believe it, it just comes out of the heart of one or two main people knowing that there has to be something better or maybe they seek a better you know place of gathering whether that be on an internet forum or what have you or an email list or something like that and you know really I think that it just comes out of the heart of somebody that wants to see something happen and and typically these leaders from what I've seen they start these tribes without really any concern of the financials involved within it. It's, it's more of a passion and sometimes that transitions into a passion to be able to get the community that they desire. And sometimes, you know, if they're good at executing, it can also transition into a business as well, too. 
I think we could all like picture some of the the icon tribe leaders, you know, for example, you know, Mark Zuckerberg who started Facebook and you've got, you know, stuff like Khan Academy, you know, this guy who started this huge online academy and it's basically free. And so I think we can all picture those. For you, does that translate down to, I mean, can someone be starting a new tribe in Omaha, Nebraska related to Civil War figurines or, you know, <laughs> can it be like small or does, does these new tribes have to be big by definition? Absolutely. There's, you know, there's different sizes depending on what you go for. And you can start a small tribe and you can run it that way, or you can start something that's naturally going to be a little bit bigger, depending on how usually you're going to want to build something a little bit bigger if you're more worried about the financials of it. But it can be small, it can be medium sized, it can be large, it depends on what you want. And of course, the beauty of the internet is we don't have to worry about where we're living, we can connect with people all around the world through the internet. So you're saying these new tribes, they can be game changers across the world like Khan Academy or, you know, they could just be something really neat within a sub niche of a sub industry or something like that, right? Absolutely. So one of the tribes that I've been working at for the last about year and a half is about 300 people. And I've I've capped it to about 300 people because I didn't want it to be too large. I didn't want to have to oversee it with, you know, thousands of members and, and so on. And there's actually a really interesting thing within that having that exclusivity almost makes the people that are part of that tribe feel special and feel it has a more intimate feel to it, which is really nice. And I've still been able to scale that in my business tremendously. So it hasn't really cut down on, you know, making it not financially feasible or anything like that. So define that for us. I mean, are you a tribe leader, essentially, is what you're saying? Absolutely. I'm a tribe leader. And, you know, it takes somebody to lead the tribe there's no way around it. There has to be somebody that takes the bull by the horns and just says, I'm starting this. This is the way things are going to go. There has to be a line drawn in the sand. And ultimately, you have to have a core team with you. For example, I have administrators that help me out quite a bit. You have to have core principles. I can't stress how important that is. And we can go into that a little bit further. You have to have a meeting place. You have to have maybe some rules and you have to have a primary focus. So there's lots of stuff that you're looking for if you're going to be starting a, a tribe. But, you know, maybe the greater question is, are you a tribe leader? Because not everybody is necessarily a tribe leader. Some are tribe followers. Well, so let's define this for the dog walker in Minneapolis. Because you've alluded to your tribe, which I think what you're saying, you know, kind of started as a Facebook group because you're talking about administrators and you're talking about, but then has grown beyond that, you know, to where you work with people in real life and not just in Facebook groups and things like that. And so define this for the dog walker in Minneapolis. And you ask him, are you a tribe leader? Where does it go from there? Well, you obviously have to figure out your meeting place. That's going to be the most important thing. Is it going to be online? Are you going to get together with other dog walkers person to person? What's that tangibly going to look like? And you have to figure that out, of course. Or maybe it's a combination of those two things. And then your next step is going to be just setting up what your core principles are. You know, it, it might be your core principles are exchanging business. You know, when I'm too busy with, I have too many clients, for example, I will be able to give you some leads or sell you some leads, something like that. Like, what is it based around? Is it based around us trying to help each other? Or is it based around social interaction? Or is it a combination of things? So you have to have those core principles set in stone so that everybody knows why they're there 
specifically. That's the most important thing. So that dog walker might decide, okay, I'm going to be the leader. I'm going to align everybody together. I'm going to get everybody on the same Facebook page or whatever. And these are going to be the rules and start adding people and start facilitating conversation and content and so on. Maybe setting up meets between each other, maybe doing dog walking hookups where others end up going together and, you know, making it, uh, you know, maybe throwing a barbecue for for all the people's clients. Uh, the opportunities are endless, realistically. It's just, it's a place to be nice and creative in your industry, but the best tribes that I've seen personally have really strong leadership and they know exactly where they're going and what's important to them. Okay, and so here in a bit, I want to talk to you about you know the benefits and why someone would maybe want to create a tribe. But you had mentioned earlier, you know, there's tribe leaders and tribe followers. Place a value statement on that. Is there inherently one thing that's better or worse in being a leader follower? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, it depends on who you are. You know, um, it depends on how much time you want to invest in it. Obviously the leaders and the administrators and so on are probably going to be putting in a little bit more time. I don't know a lot of the members in any of the tribes that I'm leading that are, you know, able to take a massive amount of equity out of that tribe, not nearly as much as I'm able to. So when you step up and lead, I find that people naturally, they want to align themselves with you if they like you. And if they don't, they can just leave. So I find personally, for me, it's a lot more beneficial because I've been a follower in many tribes before. And I've also been a leader. And I find that, you know, really, if you want to win at the end of the day, one of the best ways to do it is by leading. And some people are not going to like it. And some people are going to, you know, are going to follow and are going to be, you know, are going to help you through the process. But how much skin in the game you got ultimately depends on how much you're going to win as far as is your business going to scale? Is it going to work out? And it's been really good for my business. But I I can only speak for myself. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break, but when I come back, I want to start quantifying this and qualifying this and start understanding, all right, why does somebody want to do this? What is it going to do for them? How are they going to do it, et cetera? So, so stay right with us, folks. We're going to be back with Ted talking about tribes. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo. Calling all pet product manufacturers and pet experts. Let the public relations and marketing professionals at Whitegate PR get you featured in the news. I'm Dana Humphrey at Whitegate PR, and we have been specializing in pet product PR for over 10 years and can get your brand featured in the media from TV to radio to print to blogs. You can find out more at www.whitegatepr.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet 
Okay, and we're back, and uh, with us today we've got Ted Ephthemiatis from Mango Dogs. Mango Dogs, right? I'm saying that right? Yeah. Okay, and we'll give out your website later on uh, here in a bit for folks that want to get in touch with you. But we're talking about tribes, and so like I say, every time I interview somebody, I picture that I'm talking to the dog trainer in Winnipeg. I picture that I'm talking to the dog groomer in Chicago. I'm talking with you know the dog walker in Miami or wherever it is and telling them, okay, we're going to trade a half hour of your time in order to give you something better. And so what we're talking about today is tribes. And so right. break this down for me, Ted. That dog walker in Miami, why does he need a tribe or does he need a tribe? Is this something everyone needs to do or help me dig a little bit deeper here? I think that honestly, if you're a business owner, you need a tribe. So you have to be a leader of that tribe and it's really important for your business. Now, you don't have to do it, but if you want to progress in your business, it's definitely something that's going to help you get to the next level. So if we were to simplify it down as much as we possibly can, let's say you're a dog walker or dog groomer, how awesome would it be to have people that are coming in, you know, with their dogs to be groomed or showing up walking people's dogs? How awesome would it be for those people to be part of a tribe? Now, every dog professional, for example, has some clients that are like, if you went broke, they would pay your mortgage for you. These are the types of clients that these are part of the tribe. And, you know, some people are a little bit more systematic about creating those types of clients. And some people, they just decide, well, it just happens naturally and put much effort into it. But I think that if you're really strategic about creating those people, then ultimately it's going to help. Like, do you have hats and t-shirts and stickers and, and those types of things for the people that are just so insanely excited about your company? Or, you know, have you let some things slide there? Do you have a Facebook page where people can say amazing things about you so that it can attract other people into your tribe? So you can look at it as breaking it down as simply, I want my clients to be part of my tribe and I want maybe other industry professionals to be part of my tribe or you could have a combination of clients and industry professionals or you could segregate the two and say I'm going to have two tribes, clients and industry professionals and you know, depending on where you want to take things, you can really take things to the next level especially if you're looking at the industry professionals because then again you can go a little bit more outside the industry. Okay, and so I want somebody listening to this to be able to taste this. So let's talk about your tribe for your local business. Now, obviously, you're a dog trainer, but again, this is going to apply to any dog walker, pet sitter, dog groomer. What does your tribe look like? What does it feel like? What is, I mean, how does it relate in person? How does it relate online? Build this up for us so that we can kind of understand why we need to start doing this. Okay, so let's take it in its most simplest form. Let's look at it as a dog trainer because I'm a dog trainer. And so that would be something very simple for me to look at. I oftentimes sit, you know, on my couch at about midnight on a Friday night, which is typically when I end my work day because I love working. And I think to myself, I wonder how many of my clients are drinking a glass of wine right now, hanging out together, because that's the kind of community that's just what I've built with my clients. So we can use not only getting people to buy into our tribe, but also the people and the relationships within that tribe. So tangibly, all that it looks like is creating a safe place for people where they're accepted. And anybody can do that, you know? 
it could be a tribe of, hey, we all own such and such a breed, a German Shepherd tribe online. It could be absolutely anything. But for the dog trainer or the dog walker or whatever, it just comes down to people that have, you know, something of interest. And ultimately, we connect with each other. That's all that it really is. And and ultimately, I'd love to be able to just say, okay, well, this is how you set up your tribe. But Every tribe looks different. Every tribe is set up differently. The rules of engagement are all different. So I can't make that distinction for everybody. But all that it looks like for me is my meet weekly with my clients. We do group classes and they can come out as much as they want. I try to do stuff on top of the group classes. For example, in the next couple of weeks, I'm putting together a free swimming lesson for my clients so they can bring their dogs out to do swimming. So the more you get people together, the more you build community. And the more you build community, the more you build culture. I like that because you're saying things like community, culture. Obviously, what goes along with this is branding. But going back to what you said before, I thought that was neat. You know, you've got these clients that independent of you are now hanging out and drinking a glass of wine together or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they no longer need you. You've created this culture. You've created this platform through a common goal. And that's one thing that you mentioned before. And obviously their common goal is to get their dogs trained and to fix some some big behavior problems. But I'm imagining that within that culture, referrals probably are suddenly a breeze. Bringing it back to just nuts and bolts, revenue, you know, just pure ugly business principles, right. not ugly business principles, but, you know, pure cold business principles, like those people are going to refer you out way better than the guy that's just like, oh, Ted's a cool guy. Right. Um, those people are going to use your services more. So they're going to be at the your group classes more than some guy that's like, oh, I like Ted. I'm guessing those are kind of the ancillary benefits that you see, right? These collateral benefits to where I've created this and suddenly independent of me, things are occurring. Is Am I right there? Absolutely. You know, you get that snowball effect, which is really cool. I'll never forget the time I had a client ask me for like a box full of business cards. And I asked them, you know, it's a little bit weird to be asking for a box full of business cards. If you want, I can give you a stack of them or, you know, a handful or whatever. And And she said, you know, I work in an office tower with thousands of people and I want to go to every single cubicle in my building and give a business card to every single person there, regardless of whether they own a dog or don't own a dog. And for me, that's what it's all about is just building things up where they believe in it so much that they can't help but want other people to believe in it at the same time. Okay. So I'm, you know, again, if we were to list benefit here from what I've been able to get out of your head today, it seems like with this, we create community and we create culture, which is going to do a number of things. It's going to make your life more fun. It's more enjoyable to run a business or a tribe than something that perhaps is a little bit colder. It seems like from this, we're going to have more referral opportunities. From this, we're going to have more inertia and and momentum that we can't even always quantify. Just, you know, things get out there, you know, people that just really enjoy you. And so instead of just like, all right, here's my business, I fulfill a, a program, what you're saying is let's create a movement around it, even if it's a tiny movement or a big movement, let's create a movement around it where we have one common goal, we have very specific parameters on what we do in this tribe, and then we move forward with, with our personalities, we move forward with our character, we move forward with this attitude of giving, and that creates this momentum. That, that was kind of like a long summary. Is that accurate? No, I completely agree with that. Okay. So I want to end on a finishing note where we determine how can we do this. And like I say, so t- and you've already given like a lot of the hows. 
but take me through like a blueprint. You know, like I say, I'm that dog walker in Miami. Take me through that blueprint. Okay, dog walker, day one, or or maybe it's not even like this this rigid, but like first step, you're probably going to do this. Second step, you're probably going to do this. What are you going to tell that guy? Okay, so let's simplify this here. So number one, you're going to look at let's create a tribe for your clients. And then let's create a tribe for, let's say, industry professionals. So you're going to do one of each, for example. So with your clients, you're going to ask yourself a very simple question. If I were one of my clients, what are the things that I would like about the service and, you know, the relationship and the community and the culture and so on? How could I make that better? Now, that might be, you know, we're doing weekly things together or, you know, an email and phone list so that people can get together and do socials with their dogs when they're not available. With my online community, one of the things that was proposed by one of the members, incidentally, was an online map where all the trainers could put their contact information on the page on a little map. And then if they had referrals, you know, if somebody had a a client that was looking for training in Albuquerque or wherever, then they could go and they could find a trainer in their area specific from that group. So you want to look at at the things that you can do specifically with your clients. Now, you know, a lot of my clients are dog trainers. So that would be, you know, something that I would do for uh, the industry professionals. And like I said before, you also want to be doing that with your clients. How do I make the experience better? How can I make this so great that it's like Apple when you see somebody walking down the street and they're wearing those crappy white earbuds there's something that connects the two of you people if you're you know your iPad users or iPhone users or something like that it's just an indication that we're linked together so it's all about linking people together and you have to find practical ways of actually being able to do that for people And that's going to be specific to your industry. I would not hesitate also by saying, if you're looking at doing this with professionals, meet up with them, have a big, you know, a big meetup where you get together and you, you have coffee with all the other local dog trainers and, you know, you hash out like, how can we set up referrals for each other? That's something that I've done in my area. There's so many different ways that you can bring people together because that's the ultimate goal. And you have to figure out how to do that. So you're starting from how do I serve them best? And that's that's the key component, right? Like how can I make it better? How can I serve them better? How can I improve their life more? Right. And around that, you build your tribe. I always say mediocrity attracts mediocrity. Nobody likes mediocrity. You know, we're driven towards community. We're driven towards social engagement. We're driven towards, you know, novelty, like something that's just, wow, that's really amazing. That's really cool. That's really out there. But you have to be creative enough to say, how do I get people together? How do I get people to engage? How do I get people to be excited about what's going on here? And part of that is not just living by standard expectations. You have to go above and beyond to create a user experience that's unlike anything you've ever seen before if you really expect for it to blow up. I like it. So real quick before we finish, give us a before and after. I don't think you always lived or you know ran your business this way. Maybe you have, but I don't think you always have. So give us a before and after on what your business looks like and feels like before understanding this concept. And, and of course, you'll always be refining this concept, but, but sure. post understanding this concept. So firstly, I want to suggest if you've not read it, one of the best books on this topic is called Tribes by Seth Godin. That's G-O-D-I-N. And 
it's really, really good for, you know, figuring out all these different dynamics. The interesting thing with me was that I was creating tribes a long time ago. I started my first tribe when I was maybe 15 or 16, starting in the BMX bike world, throwing jams and competitions and getting people together. It ended up uh, transitioning into my own bike shop and then into a bike company. And it turned into a pretty big thing. And I didn't have any idea I was actually creating a tribe. It wasn't, it was instinctual. It wasn't something that I was trying to utilize. It just naturally progressed that way. And it wasn't until I got into the dog training industry, I think that I figured out I had to be really strategic about it because I started to see different tribes that were developing, but they were tribes, unfortunately, that I wasn't inherently excited about. They were tribes that were, for the most part, there was a lot of negativity. There was a lot of, you know, smack talk and, you know, being just being negative about other people in the tribe and and so on. And so I found that, okay, there had to be something here and I had to be really strategic about it. And it wasn't really until I read the book, I believe, that I said, okay, like I have to be even more strategic than I ever have been before because tribes are natural. They're going to happen. They're almost like clicks in a way and they're natural. So if you're really strategic about them, you can really reverse engineer things to a degree where you can make it exactly what you're looking for moving forward. And so for me, it's been incredibly beneficial to align myself with people that have the same thought patterns. Like I said before, I was, you know, very, I was discouraged by the negativity in the dog training world. And so my tribe was centered around dog trainers that were sick of smack talking other trainers and being negative towards other people and so on. So we have very specific rules about that kind of conduct and so on. So it's been something that's, it's been really natural for me as, uh, you know, as I've been at it for many, many years. And once I really started to fine tune it in and, and really sit down and like draw it out on paper and reverse engineer it, then, it, you know, it just, it really exploded that much more from there. It, like I said, it's been really good for me. It's stressful at times and it requires a lot of time and commitment, but I think that everybody's naturally doing it for the most part. Either you're a leader or a follower or a member, whatever you want to call that. Like I say, it's been really good for me and my business, that's for sure. Awesome. So if somebody's interested in what you're doing, wants to see what you're doing, how can they find you, get in touch with you, et cetera? My website is mangodogs.com. If you want to give me a call, I probably will not pick up the phone. It's 902-489-4269. And uh, if you don't reach me, leave me a message because my phone's turned off a lot of the time. Awesome. This is really cool information because, like I said, at its core, it's about making lives better for other folks. You know, whether it's industry professionals, whether it's your clients, at its core, it's kind of a systematic process of making people's lives better. And at the end of the day, hopefully that's what we're all trying to do as business owners. So it's awesome. For those listening today, thank you for listening. Make sure to check out all my episodes. Head over to PetLifeRadio.com and click on Six Figure Dog Business or check out what I'm doing over at TieTheDogGuy.com. We'll talk to you soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.